Folks, welcome to the show where we are all watchers. I'm talking, of course, about what's Trainwreck watching, and we are watching What If on Disney+, Plus. and it was another crazy episode this week, and this episode and this recap of what's Trainwreck watching brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. For the best pizza in Western New York, go to picassospizza.net for the best deals on the best pizza in Western New York. And speaking of the best, let me get my wingman in here for today's episode. Of course, it's Joe Casali, Casali Files. Casali, how are we doing today? And another what if drop on Wednesday. Yes, Wednesdays are so good, thanks to Marvel. Uh, we are doing great. A uh, little bit on this uh, rainy afternoon, evening over on Long Island. But uh, yeah, what an episode to talk about today. It was just, you know, it was it was very, very strange, so to speak. But uh, very enjoyable, very nerdy, very geeky. A lot of things do with time travel and whatnot, and, and a lot to dig into. But other than that, I'm just doing good. I'm just so happy to be talking about Marvel every week with you guys. Absolutely. It is awesome. It's a great, like we say every week, and like we've said every week, pretty much for the past eight months, nine months, it's again, a great time to be a Marvel fan. So let's mm-hmm. get into it on what's Trainwreck watching. Like you alluded to with your pun, Casali, it was Dr. Strange focused. This time, not focusing on an event and the massive fallout across the entire galaxy, but instead focusing on an event that Doctor Strange himself was trying to change. Yes, yes. I mean, um, even from the beginning of this episode, it you know, again, like every episode that we've seen thus far, you know, it, it starts off within the realms of what the movies go. This tapped in literally to Doctor Strange that came out um, in 2016. And, you know, again, it started off that way. It was a little different, at least at the beginning. But, um, you know, from what we knew would happen within Stephen Strange becoming Doctor Strange, something different happened that changed the course. Uh, as our favorite watcher has says, every event, something happens, something changes that makes uh, it different. Um, so, you know, it was definitely very interesting to see, uh, to see this episode play out a lot of goodies. Again, if you're a big fan of that film, um, and even Dr. Strange in general, um, that we kind of head into that, uh, I particularly enjoyed, um, you know, it was just, again, it's just so much goodness just to, uh, to do. I mean, should I, uh, start getting into spoilers already? <laughs> Um, yeah, fire away, man. Come yeah, on, man. Well, we're gonna do it. So, obviously, the episode focuses on Doctor Strange and Christine passing away, whether it's in an accident, and then he tries to prevent that, and then it's gonna be a heart attack, then it's gonna be a random shooting. So, it's just no matter what he does, he can't mm-hmm. stop this tragic event. Uh, Casali, yeah, well, yeah, so that's okay. So, getting into the beginning, yes, so that's how we first started instead of strange being alone in the car within what happens within the film um he actually had a guest which was uh, christine palmer um going along with him uh which you know was very different from how it happened in the film but it was you know interesting enough and obviously he was driving down the highway he got into a car accident but instead of the accident taking his hands what happened instead was it actually killed christine palmer and it drove him into madness where he just needed to do whatever he can just to make that not happen. And we learned that it kind of fast forward a little bit later within the film, once he kind of realized what the time stone was, the Ayagamoto and everything, 
and he started just traveling back in time to try and fix, like what you said, Maniac, to try and see if he can save her. And it seemed every time he went back, it was just another loss, and he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, so we get a montage. So you go back to episode one, and we have this amazing montage of Peggy Carter, you know, punching Nazis and winning the war for America and stuff like that. And now you go to this episode, and you have a montage of just Doctor Strange having to relive Christine Palmer's death over and over again. He decides to not even pick her up. He sees on the news that she was involved in an accident. So Mm -hmm. absolutely tragic. So I want to ask you, and and we could have discussed this in the pre-show, probably should have, but I'll put you on the spot here. (laughs) Where does that sequence rank as far as tragic sequences in Marvel since we've seen from Iron Man 1? I mean, I can't think of something so sad as seeing Strange's reaction to finally kind of his lamenting nature uh, to the overall event. No, absolutely. I mean, from the uh, great voice work done by Benedict Cumberbatch coming back playing uh, the, the whole cast Supreme. was back, by the way. Whole cast was whole back. Cast, get the gang back together. Absolutely. And that was just, uh, you know, they spared no expense. It was just so fantastic <laughs> to hear everybody. But um, again, that aside, and beautiful animation. Yes, it was very, very tragic to see how this episode played out where it was everything going within, um, going back and forth where he literally couldn't save her. It was very sentimental and whatnot. Um, However, uh, if I do want to put my foot in, there are some things I did have a problem with this episode, especially with dealing that that little reversed uh, scenario that they always uh, found them up with. Because obviously... Within Doctor Strange, we also know what happened with him was, I mean, it was the one of the most talked about scenes within that film was when he finally met up with Dormammu and he put a twist on, on the time stone, the Ayagamoto, and it kind of put himself in a time loop to the point where he just was fed up and was like, that's it, I'm not taking over the world. And then Dormammu went away and, and was never seen again. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um play out. However, if I do want to put my foot down, Maniac, I actually didn't really find this a little bit too uh, you know, time this travel is, my, is very... This is, my, this is my least favorite episode of What If so far. I, honestly, not to be negative about the storyline. No, I actually I am, like the, some of the chances they took. I like some of the different mm-hmm. stuff they took, but I'd say overall, if I had to give it a knee-jerk rating, I would say, you know, out of 10, I would say like an 8.1. Yeah, I would honestly, I would hundred percent agree with you. This was my one of my least favorites too, and just because of not, you know, obviously it was great seeing everybody back and seeing, you know, Doctor Strange do what he does best. But there was a lot of stuff I did have a problem with. One being uh, that, you know, the their portrayal of time travel was kind of fuzzy to me because, I mean, obviously time travel throughout film history and whatnot, it's always something you know, different and new. They always have different laws and, and, you know, they play around with like back to the future to being stuck in time loops. Like, uh, my friend from, uh, from, uh, work, uh, Dave Shaw, if you're watching, what up, man? Um, he, he also brought up this episode kind of reminded him of, uh, edge of tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie with them and Emily Blunt with the way that they interpreted like on a time loop and stuff. And there's a lot of films that I love and enjoy that mess around with that. However, the one thing I had a problem with was the MCU, Marvel, kind of already set up time travel 
in a way if going into not only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, I mean, the big one, Avengers Endgame, they kind of set up where even if they go back in time, it won't mess with the future of where they traveled from, but it'll branch off into different realities. So when he kept going back in time to try and save her, I was just kind of sitting there like, wait, you're just kind of undoing everything you tried to set up with, with Endgame. And I mean, once Endgame came out, like everybody was so confused. Like I love Endgame to death, but there are some things that they do that kind of, you know, it, it makes sense and, and whatnot. And then once you get old man Steve Rogers at the end, it's like, okay, then what what's going on here? But that was and one of the things. Everything does get a little fuzzy with time. It travel. does. Absolutely. So, and that's why you see, and that's why it's so dangerous. You get the Sorcerer Supreme comes mm-hmm. to Doctor Strange. He goes, that's an event that cannot be undone. That's an event in yeah. the timeline. Again, that's a common theme we've seen, whether it was Loki whether we see, uh, you know, WandaVision, whether we see uh, what some of the storylines and what if well, these yeah. timelines, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking, they're, they're going into a blender, Casali. Yeah, so that was that was one of the things that, um, again, not that I did not enjoy this episode at all. I really, really did. It was just, you know, so much fun. But again, when going into time travel and whatnot, I mean, that's why it's always fun, too, to watch those kind of movies and stuff. Again, I'm a huge fan of time travel films. So it's always fun to see, you know, a different interpretation. But that's why I was kind of like, okay, then what do we, you know, it, it makes sense for the story. And the the connection between Christine Palmer and Stephen Strange was very beautiful. Again, though, and that's, you know, that shows how this branches off into the multiverse where, you know, everything starts out differently. And the beginning of the film, they really weren't as close as they were set up in the beginning of this episode but it was cool to see that through this perspective because that brought you into this episode, at least for the 35 minutes that it was on, because you did care for these characters. You did care for them because it was just, a, it was sweet. You know, it was a nice love story between them. I just and, want my creme brulee. You know, yeah, you know, so it was it was really nice to see them again and, and whatnot. So, I mean, again, I'm not complaining. That's just, you know, the movie no, no, film it, nerd it was, in me. It was, it was very dark episode. Just it was. Uh, last week dark. was kind of dark. This week was kind of dark. So very yeah. interesting to see that we're getting into that. So speaking of dark, so obviously uh, we're about halfway through the episode. Strange realizes that he's going to throw everything to the side. He's going to just train. He's going to find a way to bring Christine Palmer back. And he decides to basically absorb the evil entities throughout all the universes and timelines. He opens up a portal, it seems. He can just activate any Pokemon opponent he wants <laughs> uh, at any single time. And he, yeah. and essentially throughout, you know, what, centuries, you know, millennium, uh, he just levels up. And you see in the montage, the sun is going up, everything's going. And he finally makes it to where he can absorb basically any uh, any any beast, any any creature. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it um, you know, this, I, I mean, I also would love to call this episode the I, I it to me it feels like a precursor to the chaos that we're gonna get into multiverse of madness because I can only imagine what they're gonna do the within the film. Tone, the, you know, the, like the and that, things absolutely. And that's what it is. That's what that's what they always wanted. I mean, Doctor Strange. If I, you know, I'm not really that inept with the comics, but however, I always have heard through news articles and everything that the the Doctor Strange comics are very dark and evil. And um, they wanted to try, I know, um, a little 
side production that they did want to try and do a little bit of a horror theme within the first one. But, you know, it just didn't really happen. Scott Derrickson, that's, I mean, he's, he was a horror director even way before he filmed Dr. Strange. He did a couple like uh, possession movies and whatnot too. So, you know, and then that's what he wanted, but it just never kind of worked out. Marvel wanted to really push the origin story and set up because, you know, at the end of the day, it's their business. They want to set up everything so they can pay it off later. So, um, and but that's also why I think this is a great precursor to what I imagine we're going to get in Multiverse of Madness, because that is, from what I understand, is going to be very, very creepy. And I mean, well, the great Elizabeth Olsen was saying it was like Marvel's first horror movie, right? Yeah, I mean, the great Sam Raimi is behind uh, the lens directing, and and obviously he's done Spider Man and stuff, but he also he brought us Evil Dead, he brought us, you know, he brought us Ash, you know, like so. If he can knock it out of the park with Bruce Campbell way back, Bruce Bruce Campbell way back in the day, then I'm I'm very excited to see what he's going to bring. But again, you know, like I said, back to this episode, it was you know it was a, definitely an enjoyable watch, and it was cool to see this scariness and stuff. I mean, we got one more month until October, once uh, my favorite time of year comes with Halloween. So, you know, it was cool to see all the spookiness and whatnot, and this definitely brought it again. Like you said, it was like. It was like a Pokemon episode, at least when he was going into the, like darker, darker uh, of like the dark dimensions and stuff and going into these creatures and and finding a way to get their energy and whatnot. And I mean, at the end of the episode, he literally looked like, you know, like, oh, he was you deranged. Know, he was, he was deranged. Lost, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, but hey, I'm a before huge... we get to the end, I'm putting put, hit, you hit the brakes. That's OK. What villain or creature? Would you like to have seen Dr. Strange's door? Because we didn't really see any, like, like I was getting ready for, like, Malekith to come out of there. Right? Mm. But I guess, like, you know, or, like, somebody, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that like, would have been. What, what about Surtur? What about Surtur? Right? Like, yeah. you were going to go out of there. But instead, I didn't even. Did you recognize who he was pulling out of there? No, I think, honestly, I think to me, um, I don't know. Again, that it could be something, you know, deeper in the comic book lore. But to me, it just seemed like you know, dark, um, you know, demons and, and, and creatures throughout the multiverse. So I, I, you know, it wasn't really any, anybody too familiar. I mean, yeah, I would have loved to see, you know, familiar faces, maybe like a darker Loki or something like that. Like that would have been cool, but I mean, you know, again, it served its purpose at least for what they were trying to say. So it was, I mean, it was cool. You know, I, I definitely found a lot of enjoyment in it. Did you just dodge the question? Oh, what creature or villain would I want to see? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean like Loki, Thanos, you know, like the the good guys that we, the guys we've we've got to know. Um, I don't um, know. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of Thanos, he kind of maxes out in power and he gets it to where again. Now this is really deep spoilers here as we get to the final parts of the episode, but he gets it that he can risk Chrissy Palmer and of course Casali. Yeah. This ends up being the worst timeline. Absolutely. I mean, because he was warned by Wong, by the Ancient One, even by the Watcher that you cannot, you know, like this he is what's going on. the melting away right Yeah, you can't mess with reality no matter how much you want to try. And um, again, as a film nerd and stuff, I, you know, those are my favorite type of, of movies that mess around with reality and, and obviously has a lot of consequences. This had a lot of 
uh, in the mouth of madness feels a uh, great John Carpenter exactly. film. So, exactly. you know, I mean, that, that was kind of cool. And again, you know, he sees the watcher, what you're reading at the bottom of the screen is true. Like they broke the fourth wall. You know, this was the first time that we've seen the watcher talk with somebody because I guess, you know, he, he's in the background. He sees these different multiverses happen, but what strange was doing was l- literally breaking everything like he what he was doing was destroying the whole universe and i mean yeah you know on a sentimental side that is pretty sweet to save the woman you love you'll break reality but i mean that's a big deal and obviously at the very end i mean you know he succeeded (laughs) you know like it just it was very very powerful and i mean even before the beast that he became he was he literally what he looked like satan himself the animation it was, was awesome yeah it was, it was just for sure it was just insane to see that so it was just you know it was uh it was it was cool but again a big 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 deal and 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 it also goes to show you how powerful dr strange is as as a character you know they always say that you know the power levels of all the marvel characters are off because people like you know can do so much more than other people and whatnot. But I mean, just to settle it down, Stephen Strange, he is a powerful guy. And, and yeah, yeah. that's why they, his biggest villain essentially ended up being the other half of himself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even that too. I mean, cause you could always say that, Oh, you know, that's just kind of like, um, you know, a little metaphor, like the, your biggest demon is yourself. It, it reminded me actually of, uh, of the great movie, Logan, um, where uh, Wolverine at the very end of that film, he it turns out the one person that he was fighting was a copy of himself, and uh, that automatically killed him at the very end of that film. So you know it was kind of like that, and it was cool too. You know, as 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 a nerd, just to see, you know, I mean, who who's more stronger than yourself? You know, so it, it was it was kind of cool that they went that route. I'm always. I always get geeky and nerdy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that was uh, very, very enjoyable. Two things that guy has noticed down. One, the seeing the Watcher was ridiculous. I liked how he, he doesn't interfere in any universes, though he can't risk the multiverse, which is always <laughs> the priority for everybody. Two, when he got the infinity face. Yeah. When he got all the infinity stones the, in his face. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. basically that was like the power level he had to achieve. Oh, my gosh. That was frightening beyond belief. And like, and as expected, Christine thought the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, because <laughs> obviously when she woken from automatically her death, you know, she was frightened on its own because, I mean, that has to be such a big, big uh, jump from being dead to being alive even you know, years later. So that was a big step. And then literally looking at, at uh, strange right in the face and, and not even recognizing him. I mean, even within this episode too, because in the movie, she knew who Stephen strange became. She understood his powers and whatnot within the film. So in this episode, she, I mean, as far as we know, she had no idea about the mystic arts and what, what Dr. Strange was able to do. So the fact that she woken from her deep sleep to that is pretty astounding. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. another episode of What If in the Books. Make sure if you haven't checked it out and you're listening to this, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, come on. go check it out. Go watch it a second time and get ready for next week's episode. But, Kazali, I don't know anything about Shang-Chi. I don't know anything about the rings. Help me out here. 
Uh, well, as far as what I know from Shang Chi, I mean Shang Chi, he is from uh, the a great mystic land uh, martial artist, and uh, he knows a lot of stuff that was built uh, within the MCU. To be honest, because so within the MCU, the very first film that we all know and love, Iron Man. When Iron Man went overseas, he actually interrogated with a group called the Ten Rings. They had the symbols in the background, and that's the people that captured him and wanted him to build the weapons that he showed in that presentation when he was overseas in Afghanistan. So, Wait, did they have the Ten Rings in the movie? They had the Ten Rings in the movie. It was oh very, very gosh. quick. But yeah, even when, uh, if, if okay. I remember correctly... Even when they when they sent the video, it was like the the hostage video of him in the background. Yeah, it was in saying, the background where have, the rings. Yeah, I, I think okay. I believe okay. the rings were in the background. But Touché I but Marvel. since yeah, but since you know the first Iron Man, you know they were kind of you know setting that up because so what we also know in in Shang Chi, um, not only we're going to get to know and learn Shang Chi, which I'm very excited about. I'm always excited about new superheroes within this uh, the movie world of uh, the MCU, but we're also going to get to know the Mandarin, and I mean the real Mandarin, not not Ben Kingsley, who we got in Iron Man three, which they set that up because that was the Mandarin is pretty much it's like the Joker to Batman. That's pretty much like Iron Man's the greatest ne nemesis as far as the comics, from what I understand. So, you know, when they did that in Iron Man three, it was a little bit of like a like a swoop, like they were setting up the Mandarin and and he was doing all these attacks around the world. But then within the film, which I adore, I, I you know, I still find it, it hilarious. There are some people that don't. That the happened. The first time I watched it, I hated it. But when I rewatched it, it was genius. Because, yes. Because he was basically going to be in power of the whole world, but he was going to have a puppet in front mm -hmm. to take all the shots. Absolutely. And, and also, too, I mean, this was also still really, really new like MCU, like the, oh, obviously so they like set the up movie or whatever, right? Or like yeah, it was movie. right after the Avengers, which they didn't even think that they were going to pull that off. So you know, I'm like obviously it's cool that they intercept you know that stuff now within the uh, Shang Chi, as far as I'm concerned, what we're going to get to see. But yeah, I mean that was also you know like really really new MCU. That movie came out in 2013, so it was like obviously. You want to see that you want you you know you want to see that built up, but they're kind of you know pulling by the strings of like what can we do and and, and stuff like that. So it kind of makes sense as far as in the early days because they, I mean who knew who knew they were going to be able to pull? I'm sure they didn't even think they were going to pull no off way. Infinity they, War they and Endgame. Lay, they wanted to lay the the you know ground steps, but they didn't know. Yeah. So by absolutely. the way, the intern corrects me. Iron Man th three was the seventh movie. Who was the who was the first other Avenger, Casali, to get a sequel besides Iron Man? Oh, the first one. It was Iron Man, and then it was Thor: The Dark World. Wow, got it. And that's why oh. I probably got so criticized. It was the first one that came out. But yeah. very excited to check Shang-Chi. Shang but you didn't even mention. Aren't we going to get some Wong versus Abomination? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm okay. excited to see okay. that. I. Because I remember, they I mean, the trailer, you know, Marvel trailers, they always do it. They tease something at the very end of uh, setting up these films. But, yeah, there's a little cage match going on. And and um, Wong seems to be going away, leaving somewhere, which actually it kind of makes it kind of makes me think that this film is going to take place around the same time that Spider-Man No Way Home does. 
because in that trailer, Wong is leaving while Stephen Strange is hanging out with Peter Parker. Yeah. So I believe yes. He's he going might to fight be abomination. For yeah. Sure. So in that, and then abomination. You know, that's a that's another another character from the Incredible Hulk that they're uh, tampering with. The great Tim Roth. I mean. Who, who is in a fantastic actor. He's been in a bunch of Tarantino films that I enjoy, specifically Pulp Fiction. It, the, what he does in that film is just astounding to me. So I'm excited to see some more Tim Roth and Abomination because, you know, I'm also a huge fan of The Incredible Hulk. So to see that is, is just cool. And, I, I you know, to, I mean, obviously within the, the film rights, um, sadly, Disney can't, st- they can't touch a actual Hulk property. They have to go around the lines because Universal actually holds the Hulk property because they have their great coaster at uh, the the parks in Orlando. So they're kind of like a little bit hesitant. That's why we never got an Incredible Hulk 2 and 3 afterwards. So, But it's cool that they're still kind of messing around with their characters, obviously with Mark Ruffalo and, and, and now Abomination. So I'm really, really excited to see him again. Really excited to see him again, and we are always mm-hmm. excited to see you again. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Huge shout-out to my co-host, Gazali. I'm Maniac. Make sure, comment at the YouTube, Twitter post. See, t- talk about what you want us to watch. we got a lot coming up this fall. Mm-hmm. We are super excited. We still have another half season of What If, another five episodes oh, yeah. to go. So this very, train never uh, stops, baby. Very pumped out. This train never stops. And here <laughs> at What's Train Arc Watching, it's always about next, next week's. Episode. Hey, Picasso's freestyle. Let's do it. Hey, eating couple wings with a couple kings. They're my favorite things. Hey, hey. That's all I got. I'm not a 